Welcome back, comic book enthusiasts, to the <laughs> Cinemates Pod. What were you going to say? Mike Jose Collins and Jake Schultz. You introduced our I pod. I gave us the intro today. Wow. We're thrilled to embark on a journey through the vibrant worlds of comic books today. Ooh. First for our pod. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah, I guess. Okay. Be like we touch it on it, we but talk we talk a lot about superheroes. But, but we, we don't ever like have a dedicated review. episode for yeah. that. Well, here we go. On today's episode, we're diving headfirst into the realm of DC Comics to unravel the secrets and unveil the heroics of the highly anticipated movie Blue Beetle. Anticipated by by uh, us, I think. On last pod, I think, I think it's you that more was than just me. me. Anyway, yeah. get ready to explore the origins, powers, and adventures of the Blue Beetle. This is Cinemates. What's going on? How's it going, man? So we just got out of uh, our screening of Blue Beetle. Yeah, we did. Uh, Blue Beetle. Why don't you give me the rundown of what the movie is? Absolutely. Blue Beetle. All right. So you're not hearing that wrong. Blue Beetle. That is what it is called. S- is about Mr. Jaime Reyes as he suddenly finds himself in possession of an ancient relic of alien biotechnology called the Scarab. When the Scarab chooses Jaime to be... It's symbiotic host. He's bestowed with an incredible suit of armor that's capable of extraordinary and unpredictable powers for changing his destiny as he becomes the superhero Blue Beetle. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think anyone had this on their radar of being the savior of DC this year. When you had Shazam 2 coming out, Fury of the Gods, you had The Flash, and Aquaman, Lost City. All big names, and then this little... There was an Aquaman movie this year? Yeah, it's still coming out in December, so that we still got that to look forward to. Oh. But this is a little thing no one really had on its radar, and I don't think anyone still really does have it on its radar, because this was supposed to be a direct-to-HBO Max film. This is before the whole shift with everything happening with HBO Max in general, before Batgirl got canceled, so when they had plans to do movies on both. This was planned to go on that streaming service, but they saw the quality of the film and said, you know what, we're, we're confident that this can do well in theaters. So they kept it and put it out in theaters, and here we are with Blue Beetle. And honestly, like I was saying, I, I was anticipating basically nothing going into this movie. And coming out, I'm definitely a bit more positive than I was going in. I don't think this is a perfect movie by any means necessary. This is a Franken-style, just amalgamation of every single superhero movie you've seen. It's got a little bit of Iron Man in there. It's got a little bit of Venom. It's got just basically a little bit of everything. All right? But the one thing that I think saves this movie from being just so uninteresting the entire time, first of all, is the acting. I think that it was very well acted film for the most part. <laughs> and and we'll get into the one that I don't think was <laughs> the best. <laughs> but I like the lead a lot of Cobra Kai fame. And I'm going to butcher his name again. Uh Zolo Mari Zolo Mariduena. Zolo Mariduena. I really liked him. I think he was very charismatic. And I appreciated going in the direction of someone who's relatively unknown to uh, general audience's eyes. And I think he was very charming. He has very electric chemistry in the film. <laughs> I believe, at least. We're going to have all... This is... Because this is what we're going to... is going to. I knew this going into this podcast that we were not going to be having a green perspectives on this. But I'm also not as positive as like you think I am. I just... I think the film was fine. And... I don't think you can be positive. Well, I disagree. But I, I think the film was fine. And... I like the suits. I think the suits looked pretty cool. I liked the Blue Beetle suit. I think it looked cool. I liked some of the, the action scenes. Uh, just I'm ultimately not going to be taking away much from this film. It's not going to stick with me. It was a perfectly serviceable, fine, watchable film that I enjoyed watching because I enjoyed the relationship and the dynamic of the Reyes family. And more specifically, George Lopez as well. I really like George Lopez in this movie. I think he's really... He's really like he just seems like he's having the time of his life. I don't even say he's funny because I didn't laugh at anything in the movie, but he he clearly was having a great time in this movie, and I just enjoyed seeing him unfold everything. So yeah, I really liked that style. I appreciated all the Mexican 
Puerto Rican, Brazilian, just the love put into this film. And you can tell that like th- these people cared about this property and they cared about making this more than just boring and tried to actually put in something to make it memorable to certain communities. Because I know someone, like, he's like a diehard he any single time <laughs> there's Mexican stuff going on, he's just like diehard. He's like, yes, I love this, like five stars every single time because that's just what it like. They're like a family, and that's their culture. And I think they did a really good job at encompassing that in this film. And that's my main takeaway of this was family. Honestly, at one point there is this one scene that I just thought Vin Diesel was this probably gonna watch and it's just like crying out of the corner of his eyes, just like that's my family. I feel that, but it's fine. You know, like I didn't hate myself for watching it. I don't love myself for watching it, but it was okay. Yeah. Now it's time for you to go hate on it. No, I agree with you. It was just fine. It was literally just a fine movie. Okay. Um, it was just an amalgamation of every other superhero movie, uh, yeah. but it didn't do any of those movies at all better. Okay. I would say it was just fine. Like, if you're going to give us this in 2023, it has to be some sort of differentiating thing, which uh, you did get from... The family aspect, it was kind of cool to see, like, a superhero origin story where, like, five people know about it, and they're all trying to figure out what the super th- superhero that thing is. That is a bit different. It, that was cool. Uh, the main guy was good. Uh, he had no chemistry with the main love interest, though, which i very surprised. You said he had a lot of chemistry with You don't people. think so? Absolutely nothing was there going between I don't them. think they were written well, but I think that no, the they, two of them— they just did not work together. She, they were both good, though. I actually thought they were both—they both did well. Yeah. Uh, I was rooting for him, but there, there, I had no. There was nothing going on chemistry-wise between those two. Um, they, they made this city Palermo's. Um, they built that city, and they it made it seem like it was like a metropolis or a Gotham city. They did that really, really well. I really loved how they made the city in this. The lights were looked pr- uh, really, really nice. It was pretty. It was, it was a pretty pretty movie. I love CGI was good. There was no like noticeable issues with the CGI. You said you liked the suit. The suit was kind of boring. It was just a helmet, and then he had like shin pads. Not he, he. He had like black was literally ninety percent of the suit. I don't know. I think it looked cool. I think when he's moving, especially, it looked really cool. And the, when he's fighting, mm. using all the pulse, yeah, I think I, it looked cool. I don't think that looked good at all. I think the villain suit looked cool too. I like the red. <laughs> it looked like a toy or something. Yeah, it's cool. Um, <laughs> That's what they gave us for a villain in this thing. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Omec or one man army. Omac. Omac, and the whole thing is they're making an army of them. So yeah. that didn't make a lot of sense. We'll get into spoilers a little bit uh, later, but that's not spoilers. The main yeah, guy, yeah, it's yeah. on the cover. No, but there's more to talk about. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, my overall takeaway is uh, that third act is unbelievably bad, and it's so long. Uh, but it's literally just a fine movie. I just don't know why we got this in 2023. I get why it was an HBO Max thing, but I feel like even if I sat down and watched it, I'd still be bored by the end of it. You're really bored by the end of this movie. Um, but I did sit through, and there were parts that I was enjoying. Uh, so it was just a fine movie. Okay. It's literally my it's take. It's more positive than I thought you were going to be, honestly. I, I was dying to get out of the theater by the end of yeah, this Yeah, I saw you sitting up at points and just kind of being like, uh, and then you literally made like, okay, hurry up motion towards the end of the middle because it just was not ending. I do agree. I think the pacing was a bit off, especially Way in off. the third act. The third act felt like, okay, we're going into the cave, and we're going out, and then we're coming back in again. I'm like, okay, like, yeah. come on, come on, let, let, let's speed up a little bit. But I think, like, ultimately, like, I've talked about this, how DC has just been struggling, and hopefully James Gunn brings a new energy. The fact that this is the best film that DC has put out this year is it's pretty bad. It's <laughs> pretty bad. And yeah, like whatever. Good job putting out like a fine movie that you can watch. But and I know I gave The Flash like more of a positive review. I, I'm I, I'm stepping back. If this is like spoiler, I gave this movie three stars is what I gave it. If I give The Flash three stars, I can't give this three stars. Like they're just on two different wavelengths in terms of like this is actually more competent towards like most of the stuff that's happened, and then The Flash has like the story is good, but everything else around it is just not working. So I lowered my Flash score. That that's gone down. That's a two point five. I'm just like that. This is crazy that this is like, especially when we see Spider Verse and how quality that film is, and then we get something like this, and I'm seeing all the rave reviews and everything like that, and I'm like, it's just a fine superhero movie like it, it it's fine yeah 
uh, the, some pretty it's a bad. Movie. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's a streaming like movie. It's a streaming movie. You can There's feel that it's bad a movie. writing in this. As a fan of you know, you're a big fan of writing. Uh, none yeah. of the jokes hit. No, none of the jokes land. There's no. boner jokes in this. There's fart jokes. Uh, pretty rough. Yeah. Pretty rough stuff. Um, so I did not enjoy that part about it. Uh, but I don't know. You want to get into spoilers here? How do you yeah, think? I don't. I don't. My really biggest think takeaway is it's a mid. Just the definition of a mid movie. Okay, let's get into spoilers. <laughs> let's get into spoilers. Um, so if you're a betting person, um, take all of your money, go to anywhere where you can find Razzie Awards. Oh um, and bet everything you have on Susan Sarandon uh, because she put in the worst performance I have ever seen in a very long time. What happened to her? I don't think she knew what movie she was in or they could only film her for one day or something because this was atrocious. Susan Sarandon is a great actor. She's a phenomenal actor. She's like a, a A-level, A-tier, bro. I'd put her I was high up stunned there. by the level of delivery that she was giving. And, like, I... Honestly, the fault is probably the script and the direction no, no, for not no, no, telling no, her. No, 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 But no, okay, but you know what I mean? Because the, the script she is was so... bad. But it's so generic that everything she said, I was predicting in my head beforehand yeah. that she was going to say it. She is... The most predictable, cliched, boring yeah. villain you the can think of. The whole plot of this movie was like, I've seen this a thousand times before. I, you but, don't need to do anything. But we've it. seen those types of villains before with good delivery from people in other films. I don't think you can get that anymore, though, if you give this movie that. Susan Sarandon was sleepwalking through this, and her delivery <laughs> sounded so like bad. this when I was talking to you. Like, what do you... I was blown away because I thought she was going to be the best. I was excited to see like I haven't seen Susan Sarandon in a long time in like a big budget film. Like Cloud Atlas is really the last one I can think of that Susan Sarandon was in. Even she's good in that one too. She didn't was just I don't know what she yeah. was doing in this film. This was a disaster uh from her. She was giving absolutely nothing, doing absolutely nothing. I I legitimately think she didn't know she was in a movie. Or something, because I don't know what she was doing. There was supposed to be some relationship, but she was, I think, what the aunt to Bruna Marco. Yeah, Marquez-Bee. like there was no relationship really built towards the two of them at all, and they just looked the scenes with each other. They just looked so lost. I was um, laughing out loud at some of this. The the line she was dropping on us. You're shaking your head, and that's how I knew this. Like I, when I first heard, it, I was like, okay, maybe it's just this scene. But you were like immediately were shaking your head because I walked in a bit late, uh, because I was having to get some tripods for our cameras, and there was a scene beforehand that you even said we're like, oh, she was not great in that scene. But you were like, it's Susan Sarandon, like you'll see. And so then when she came in again and was delivering the same thing, and I just see you like laughing and shaking your head. I'm like, oh no. And yeah, like I don't think there's a single good scene that Susan Sarandon no. had in this film, which is so upsetting. Uh, Carapax, the dude that's like there with her, like the Omac is the main villain in this, I guess. Ignacio. I guess Susan Sarandon is, but um, his game's Carapax, right? Or Carapax, something like that. Yeah, it's Ignacio Carapax um, or Omac. Omac. Uh, <laughs> she's like touching him sec- sensually in the beginning of this, and then like you see a flashback through his eyes, and he's. It's more like a mother-son relationship by the end of the movie. It's really confusing what they were trying to do with that. That flashback was hella grim as well. If, also, if you're doing nowhere. a flashback scene where you're like, oh, this is what he remembers, why is why is it like made like a movie montage with like music and you see him? Wouldn't you like have it through his eyes? It's super confusing. It was also, weird. there was absolutely no need for it. You already told us that that was the thing about the character. Yeah, we already. So you he, did not need to have a flashback. She was using him to build as like a prototype for the machines that they were building to try to like this scarab. <laughs> ty- like I can't even explain really what it was because it wasn't really explained that well. But he was like a prototype of that, and he's basically like a start of a blue beetle army. And so they needed to transfer the Scarab's powers to him, which was in Hami. And then, and, and you know sh- how they transferred them? Uh, with some <laughs> tubes, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and it got to 100%, but Hami still survived because he did like the touching of the fingers with the Blue Beetle. Uh, the scene where he touches the finger with the blue beetle is the st- one of the stupidest things I have seen in a very long time. It's pretty, that, it's pretty funny. The third act in this is genuinely horrible. Yeah. It is leg- like this movie is fine, but it has a lot of actually bad things in the movie. 
Yeah. Uh, it's corny. It it the plot is stupid. There's a point where they're trying to get the family uh, over to go save Hami, and like they they have to pilot this this beetle ship, um, and they have the whole thing about how, trying to fly it. And then then at the end of the movie, they're all in a group hug. Uh, but, but nobody's flying the beetle ship. Yeah, so who's flying what, the ship? <laughs> what, how did that make any sense? There was a lot of weird. There's just there's just such a bad bad stuff going on in this movie. Yeah, I uh, I did forget to mention when I mentioned the suits. The one thing I really did like was when Hami first had the suit like take over him. That scene was kind of terrifying, man. The yeah. just the way it was just taking over around his face and his body. It looked that looked really cool. And I think like that, that like did a good job of like the humor of the scene because everyone's freaking out and being like, "What is happening?" And he's just like dying, and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" And I think it looked really cool. I like that part a lot. And the, I think the family, the was, family chemistry was they my were, they were good. It was yeah. the favorite thing that kept me invested into it. The sister, however, thank God they got they pushed away from Hami and her because that scene of them at the resort oh my god it was just excruciating watching that it was just so many just like poop jokes and i'm just like what are we doing with this why i don't know what they're trying to do i don't know who this was for to be honest like is it for kids i feel like some kids might think this is cool i guess but there's nothing funny in this george lopez was good in this george lopez you were right he actually did seem like he was having the time of his life but he's supposed to be like the comic guy in this and supposed to say a lot of jokes nothing he says is funny he says so many jokes, and you're just like, okay, yeah, let's keep it going now. Like, come on, man. There's no, there's nothing that he was dropping that I was like, ah, that's funny. Do you think this is a good introducing introductory point for Blue Beetle though? Like, and like, no, I don't know why it's here. Are you like, do you know Blue Beetle at all? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, so as a Blue Beetle, like, who knows? Like, this did nothing to entice you on Blue Beetle. No. Okay. I mean, I, no, okay, no, no, no. This would be cool. Like this, if this movie came out in 2010, it would be kind of cool. But, but I mean, what are we gonna get from this when they make the new Superman movie? He's gonna have a cameo. I well, I don't know. Like we, I don't think we know if Blue Beetle is gonna survive even going into the next like reboot of DC. So I mean, this film could ultimately just be pointless. Oh, it was. That that is something I got from the end of this movie. It was pointless. There's nothing. Nothing was. I didn't enjoy my time. Did you like seeing the old suits, though? They were suits. They were cool. <laughs> it felt like the Watchmen scene in the Watchmen. Oh, you haven't seen the Watchmen? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not. Yeah, okay. it was fine. They uh, they do a little teaser at the end that the the original Blue Beetle is alive. Yeah, and Mike's literal like reaction out loud was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, as soon as it cuts the flag, it's just like, all right. There's there's a point where they get to about the mansion when they go to the old place that I just checked out. Yeah, I agree. I I was all, like, aside from that one mansion scene, I was kind of on board with it. I was like, yeah. you know what? I'm having a fun. Like, I, I was I really like, my time with it. I really like fish out of water stuff in superhero movies. I think it's a very – DC does love to do fish out of water. Wonder Woman is a prime example of fish out of water that actually worked well. And like, regardless of what people think, the first Wonder Woman is a good movie, and that one they have not yet captured that heights. And I think they could have had it with the suit being its own personality, which Becky G voicing Kajida. Okay, like explore that more. There just wasn't that many scenes of him and the suit, and that's supposed yeah. to be a huge part of this film. That is would have been the coolest be, part. You're I, supposed to be battling. I wanted to see the back and forth between them. I wanted it more like Spider-Man, Venom, like with the symbiote, you know? Right. That's what I was getting to is that the the, the literal whole point of this, like the crux, is that Hami doesn't know what he's destined for and that the suit needs to bond with someone. So it's supposed, it should have been this like pull back and forth until that point of connection where they did like the finger point finger poke and i didn't feel that because we didn't really have any scenes between the symbiote and the beetle and hami talking to each other there was none of it like there's a couple fighting scenes and that's it and i think for that to have been more effective they should have really nailed in like in spider-man homecoming really nailed in even though the karen i know you say it's about karen was a character in that film this wasn't a character in this film, and it yeah. to be more effective, they should have utilized that. Yeah, I think that was 
the most interesting thing about the movie, and they just didn't do anything with it. Yeah. yeah. They have a chance to in the future if Blue Beetle comes back, because now that they're connected and they're supposed to be one, and he can hear the voice. Like, just do more of that. Do more what Venom does. Yeah. I w- I'd like to see all of these actors in something else. I liked everybody in the movie, except Susan. Ah, you know what? Susan Sarandon made me laugh a lot. <laughs> Not in the way they were intending you to <laughs> no, do, No, I was dying. They, they, she has a final scene at the end of this movie where she says something. Uh, you'll die laughing at it. I love her just getting dragged into the fire. He's like, no, you're coming with me. <laughs> oh, God. This whole thing was, I don't know, uh, genuinely a horrible, horrible third act. I cannot get over how bad that was. Uh, but you're right. Like, the beginning of this movie, I was very invested. Um, I'd seen this movie a thousand times before. The plot was generic. Every character was generic, and it was just meh. But I was like, I was having fun with it. And then I think it was when they went to the mansion that I was like, okay, yeah, I, this is just, I'm bored now. I'm yeah. bored. I was really, really bored in this thing. Yeah. I I do hope this does get some life at the box office, though. With everything that's talking about that this film might be even more of a bomb than The Flash. I don't really? think it's deserved. I it's not. It had three million dollars at its domestic previews yesterday, which is awful for a, a superhero movie. I hope it doesn't bomb. Really, like we've seen so many bombs this year, and this isn't really one to bomb. The Flash made sense because it had so many things going up against it, and just so much controversy. This is legitimately like there's no issue. There's like not that many issues. Like just. Go see it. It's a fine movie. You're not gonna hate your life for watching it. And I just don't want. I just don't want to see a bomb. Like you know what I mean. I I don't like seeing things bomb. I, it's not fun. I know if there's people online, some trolls online, they're like, ah, movie bombed. Ah, it's so funny. I don't like sit here and root for things to bomb. I don't know if you have a scene where you go up into space and then you're about to hit the ground and then <gasps> he doesn't hit the ground. I think you deserved to have your movie bombed. You didn't like that scene. I. I thought the scene was fun. I liked it in every other superhero movie I've ever seen. Yeah, I know. Do something, bro. Come on. You cannot <laughs> say that you were like, oh, that was cool. That sucked, dude. That sucked. I didn't say it was cool. I said I liked the scene. It was so bad. It's just like a tried I, Everybody's <laughs> seen it. I know. Do something different. Going through the bus was cool. No. What was the point of that? How do you not kill anyone? Okay, also- <laughs> This whole character is he doesn't kill anybody. Meanwhile, his family is murdering people for like 30 minutes. And they're laughing about it like, wow, this is the best Saturday we've ever had. We didn't even oh talk my about God. the grandma as a machine. The grandma was so stupid. They were like, oh, let's give a grandma a machine gun and beat the same joke over and over and over for 10 minutes. Shut up. It's like some big flashy machine gun that has like shoots out purple and it red. It was so and, stupid. And the whole joke is supposed to be that she had a past, but they're like, "Oh, oh I'll tell you later." Oh my god! And yeah, and they said that don't. joke ten times. <laughs> that was so. That, oh my god! I forgot about how infuriating the fact that they were just murdering people and his whole thing. I can't kill him. I can't kill him. I'm a, I'm not a killer. And your uncle is just like just stabbed a dude through the heart and is like. Get kicking him off his shoes. Did you see the way that that bug machine, the bug helicopter, stomped on this guy and yeah. dragged him around? Stabbed him in the freaking heart. <laughs> also, Tommy refuses to kill a single person. I, I, I cannot get over superheroes that are just invincible. Like, do something. Oh, you can make literally anything you want? Uh, Give me a weakness. Well, Come is that his on. character in the comics? No, not really. The character in the comics isn't a freaking super-powered superhero man. He's just a guy. I guess they touched on that because they say Batman is a fascist, as George Lopez Batman says. Batman is a fascist, by the way. <laughs> Stop beating up poor people. <laughs> That's the one line that you agreed with the most in the film. No, the one line I agreed with was <laughs> at, the be- or at the first fight scene, the bad guy's like, your family is what makes you weak. And then at the end of the movie, he beats the bad guy and goes, my family is what makes me strong. That was sick, bro. That was a comic book movie. I loved that part. Oh, 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 shut up. This movie needs to shut up. It was so generic. It's a callback, though. Oh, a callback to... I'm not saying it wasn't a callback. I'm saying it was a stupid line. It was so dumb. Yeah. Three, three stars. I give it two and a half. Okay, I was expecting a two from you. It was it was just mid. 
So it's nothing real. Nothing it did. It didn't do anything well, but it didn't do all the bad stuff about it. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. It was just boring, mostly. Like, like I would say, if this thing is going to bomb at the box office, I would try to go and support it. Like, there's nothing really else out. If you've seen Barbie and Oppenheimer already, if you've seen Mission Impossible, you're not going to. You're not going to hurt yourself going out and watching this one night. Like it's a fine watch, and if you have, if you want to go watch it, go watch it. But this is like you don't need to rush out and go see it. You can wait for streaming, and it is what it is. It's a fine movie. I gave it three stars, and I think once we get past Aquaman and like end this current phase of the DC universe, and just let finally James Gunn's vision come in, I'll be more excited. But for now. It's a very whatever film. It's on my rankings now. I think I have it like eight on my DC list because that's how many bad movies there's been in the DC universe. That this is in the Bro, upper echelon of DC You're films. not selling me on any superhero stuff anymore after this thing. <laughs> Man, I don't want to, but I don't, as much as I don't believe that there's superhero fatigue, I'm just, I, I'm kind of running out. I'm kind of getting this over. This was the. The movie where you're like, okay, come on. And even though like I've had Guardians and Spider Man come out, and I know that good, it, like I stand by that it's good films versus bad films or bad properties or bad content. It's not the genre because you don't just go in and be like war films. I'm so burnt out of war films. Like superhero movies are a genre, but there needs to be substance. And we're at the point now where generic superhero movies are not enough. And we cannot continuously keep getting generic superhero movies. And I said this on my Letterboxd years ago when Captain Marvel came out, that we are at a point now where audiences accept superhero movies for being wacky, for being bizarre, for being whatever they need to be. You've ex- Everyone's accepted superheroes as a movie, as a genre. You can do what you want to do. Generic stuff does not fly anymore. You need to just go and do and be something weird. Blue Beetle is a weird superhero. Embrace that. Do weird stuff. Don't give us generic stuff and think that you can coax off of just being a superhero to make money. And I think audiences are starting to realize that. And audiences will show up for stuff that they deem quality. Guardians of the Galaxy. Spider-Man. And audiences will not show up for things that they don't deem worth their time or quality. The Flash. Blue Beetle. And I think that hopefully studios start seeing this and change. We need weird superhero stuff. We need just normal, not normal, boring origin stories after just bland. Like, just give us fun superhero stuff that's quality. Okay. I don't want to watch any more superheroes ever do anything ever again. Even though you just saw Spider-Verse? I take back what I just said. Yeah, Spider Verse was pretty. That was pretty sick. You agree though, right? Like, I don't think it's so much as like everyone saying superhero fatigue. No, yeah, I, uh, there is fatigue. Maybe more of a hangover. I think we just had like such a big special moment in history with how all you nerds love that stupid movie where all the nerds were all together being nerds. That was very nerdy. Um, Speak, but then after that, it's like. There's no, there was no plan anymore, and everything that they're pumping out just feels like, okay, come on, another one, another one, really. And that's where the really like the quality needs to come through, and we can't just have boring, basic stuff like Ant Man, Flash. Like we need good quality superhero movies to come out for people to really like, because Gone are the days where everyone will show up for every single Marvel movie, for every single DC movie. That those days are gone. Studios need to do something to make sure that they can actually get audiences' investment into these films. And that's not a bad thing at all because, really, that's what these movies should be. <laughs> you should be going out and watching good movies anyways, not just everything mediocre. But despite all that, I still think you should watch it. So, <laughs> but You think people should watch this? Well, I mean, like, if you want to watch it, watch it. Like, it's, I'm not, not going to tell you not to watch it. Wait for streaming. Seems you, boring, bro. This thing is boring. I just I have the mind of I don't want it to bomb. I don't think it will. It's expected to make more money than Barbie this weekend. Yeah, but it has a budget of 125 million. It's only expected to make 35 million domestically, which is really oh, that's bad. That's really that's real bad. So yeah, it's gonna get the number one spot, but it's not 
going to really hold well as well, I don't think. I don't think the word of mouth is really going to yeah. go out in this film. You know what movie did bad in the box office that I really want a sequel? Hmm. The Warcraft movie. I like that one. That one was sick. Make that, another Warcraft, China. That movie bombed. Yeah, but it was big in like wherever though, wasn't it? China or something? I I think I don't. Duncan Jones made that. No, uh, it, no, it didn't bomb at all. Actually, yeah, but it bombed here. Yeah, it it barely it didn't even break even actually. Yeah, sus. <laughs> Bring that movie back. That movie was sick. It grossed $225 million in China. Yeah. That movie was awesome, dude. What, what happened to Duncan Jones? I don't know. He did Source Code and Moon and then just fell off. Warcraft, Mute, that Netflix movie that came out, and then he just has not done a single thing since. Huh. That's weird. I, I like that Imagine movie peaking with Moon and Source Code and then just, like, dying. Warcraft killed his career. <laughs> Warcraft was amazing, bro. That movie's sick. Well, you're a nerd, so that makes sense why you liked it. Warcraft rules. You can't make fun of people for watching superhero movies if you play World yes, of I Warcraft. Can. No, any, I don't play World of Warcraft. That's for losers if, and nerds. <laughs> sorry, do you play Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, everybody plays Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I stay by my case right there. All right, stand, stand, stand. I also, can, I can I, stay by my case too. Okay, you miss you misspeak a lot on this podcast. It's not every. It's and me I, in I life. Le, I let it happen. Uh, people have been pointing it out to me that I should just correct you on it now. No, please don't do that. That is <laughs> awful. That is should terrible. I, should quality. I? Should I not? No, that's a terrible. Why would you do that? That's terrible for content. If you're just correcting me all the time. Yeah, it's kind of funny. You do it so much now. I feel like it's a part of the show. <sighs> it's a part of my life. Okay. It's because my brain is so big that I have to have all these ideas in here and I'm constantly balancing them all that they just come out faster than I'm processing them, okay? You're just smarter than the rest of us. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say is that I'm the Lex Luthor. I almost said Luger. <laughs> I almost did it twice <laughs> in a row. I almost did that. So, no, don't do that, please, If you, unless you want me to walk off crying on this podcast. I'm already self-conscious about it as it is, okay? So whoever's commenting about it, stop. No more. He knows he's dumb. Or sorry. Um. Uh. <laughs> All right. All right. So you want <laughs> you want to move on and finish up this podcast with what we watched? Yeah, let's do it. What did you watch this week, Michael Jones? Why don't you Why don't you tell Michael me, Jones, Michael Collins? Why don't Good you start God. this? You start this week. <laughs> you want me to start? Yeah, Jake Jones. All right. So I have watched a lot of stuff this week. TV, not so much. I I've honestly been slacking a lot on TV. But I have watched some movies. It's been a busy week for us. It's been, but we're done. We're finally on break. Hallelujah. I got three movies that I've watched outside of Blue Beetle. Per? Do you want one, two, or three first? Give me one. One? Number one is Silence of the Lambs. Because I was tired of listening to you telling me I had so many blind spots. Yeah. That I made that a point of emphasis this week is to try to watch two major blind spots. And I Mm. did. So the first one is Silence of the Lambs. And I know Mike got flamed on our TikTok. He's like getting beat always, up for the steak, by the way. Always. The film is great. I gave it four stars. It is so hard to put yourself in the mindset that this film is different than any other film I've seen in the past 10 years. It's so hard because this film made what those types of films were. And it was the first film to do what it did. And it, it's just, it's difficult, but yeah. it's good. Anthony Hopkins is great. I don't agree that he wouldn't get nominated. I do think he would get nominated. I don't think he wins. And no. he's great. Honestly, like, he's just a fantastic performance. And I get it. At the time, he was influential. That was completely different than what anyone else was doing at the time. The fava bean scene, the. It does not age well. <laughs> like it doesn't. It's not as intimidating as it probably was back then, because we've seen stuff like Mindhunter and all these other things that like portray those types of sociopaths in a very similar light, but more serious acting. Because he was supposed to just be more out there as there's beeping happening in our room. But I really liked it. I think the third act is really tense and really brought it up a couple of notches for me because. I wasn't as into it 
until that last act. I think some stuff hasn't aged very well, particularly with the trans character in the movie. I don't think that's aged well at all uh, in today's climate. But I really liked the movie. I think that the direction's great. That night vision scene alone really raised the score up for me. So good, so good. And it was just really nice to finally see the film that everyone's been talking about with Jodie Foster. Yeah. Jodie Foster's great. Everybody roasting me, by the way, for this take. That's how art ages, guys. That's how you judge art in the context of where we are in the world, guys. Also, to speak up for Mike, he gave it five stars. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's not like he's sitting here crapping on the film. I just still gave it five stars. I just legit agree with you. It's just hard to to think about the context from 1991 watching that in 2023 because every, everything after it is based around it. It just yeah. seems cheesy. Yeah. Still great. Yeah. Good movie. I don't know if I want to rewatch it, though. That's the thing. I don't have, like, an urge to go after, back and... Uh, legitimately, after rewatching it, I'm like, oh, okay. I don't think I'm going to recommend this movie to anybody. Well, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, I would say go see it. Like, Yeah, I think to understand... It's a classic for a reason. Things. But if people are like, oh, what should I watch tonight? I'm going to pick a lot of other movies before I'm like, uh, check out Shylands of the Lambs. I'm happy I, I notched that off my. Yeah, that is a big blind spot. You said another big one. Um, I did you watch that movie? Do you want to add some context to that? Well, I was gonna see if you wanted to even admit it. No, I'll let pod. you. I'll let you admit it. Go for it. Uh, he's never seen Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, that's that's pretty rough, man. Well, that's pretty rough. I can now say I've seen Goodwill Hunting. Hey. I woke up this morning. First thing I did was I went. I need to watch Goodwill Hunting because I got destroyed. Yesterday by Mike and fellow listener Dan Ramos, destroyed for not watching that film. So I watched it. It's great. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. I gave it four stars as as well. I really liked Matt Damon in that film a lot. Did he win the Oscar for that? Or did he get nominated? No, they won. I don't think he even got nominated. Uh, That's crazy. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon won uh, for writing, screenplay. Did Robin Williams get nominated? He won. He won? Well, that makes sense. Robin Williams, oh my God. <laughs> you talk about a performance that has aged tremendously. That one has aged. He was the biggest bright spot in that film, and I miss that guy so much. He just had such a tenderness to him. So funny when he's just like has such a subtle way of delivering his humor. And him as the therapist just made me feel so much with so many of the scenes they're saying like the heartbreaking scene talking about his wife and cancer when he's explaining it to will was such a tremendous scene there's so many iconic scenes or lines that i've heard my entire life that now i see in the context it's really good it's a really about them apples yeah it's a really good coming of age film i really enjoyed watching will's character progress yeah i think my standout outside of robin williams was Ben Affleck, I think he was an absolute scene stealer. And especially the one scene that said, the, the my, you know what my best part of my day was? Every single day is the 10 seconds between me walking from my car to your door, hoping that you don't answer the door. It's an insane line. So, like chills when I heard that scene. It's really well done. That movie's amazing, man. Yeah. Uh, the writing in that thing is insane. You, If you love scripts, then I, I could tell that you were going to love that movie. And Ben Affleck, this is why when I say Matt Damon, Matt Damon did get nominated, by the way. He uh, did? Okay, he good. Did, yeah. good. And Mini Driver in that movie. Um, what won Best Picture over it? Uh, when, when did it come out? Let me see if I can guess. 97? Ooh. Uh, it's going to be like Gandhi or something. Anyways, continue with what <laughs> you were saying. The English Patient. Um, such a boring movie. That one Sorry. over Goodwill Hunting? This is their first movie. That's usually not going to be a winner. Um, but this is like a, just a phenomenal movie. Ben, a- When I say Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are better actors than DiCaprio, come on. That's, this is a prime example, guys. Matt Damon will stay as the most underrated actor in Hollywood. hes I don't think I've seen a single bad performance from him. I love him in everything he does. Have he's so seen, good. Um, I, I put it, I, I recommend it, I didn't recommend it, I said I watched it, uh, Brothers Grimm. No. Where he does the British accent. <laughs> no. Okay. Still check that out. The movie got good too. reviews. I like Brothers Grimm. Yeah. I like it a lot. No, this movie's amazing. Um, the two of them together are just magic. You know every, every single, single time. time. bro. Every single time. I love this movie. Great movie. I miss Robin Williams, man. 
I like watching him. Like I almost just like got a little choked up seeing him on screen again because I haven't watched anything since Robin Williams passed. And I uh, I miss him. I miss seeing him in films. I want to go back and rewatch Aladdin because that was such an iconic character, and I for everyone an iconic character growing up. And weirdly enough, I a lot of me growing up was watching Flubber at my my Oma's house, and just the connection that he had with our family. Like Flubber's not a great movie, but just the way that he was able to just transcend what he did as an actor. Just I miss him. I miss seeing him and everything. What's your favorite Robin Williams movie? Oh my god, man! <sighs> he's got so many, but he's—I think it's the line at the end of uh, *Goodwill Hunting* where he's like, "He stole my line." I think it was improvised or something. That was so so good. He has this like weird ability to make you feel that the way you feel in that moment in like all of his movies. Yeah, I don't know. He has so many good movies. Yeah, he has a ton. I would say I really liked Good Morning Vietnam. Good Morning Vietnam. I don't know if that's his best performance. I think this is probably his best performance. Yeah, I'd say so. Dead Poets Society. Dead Poets Society good. as well is like he just had such a streak in the late 80s, early 90s. All all through the 90s, honestly, he just was incredible. Yeah. Even like in other things like Robots and Happy Feet. He, I just remember him being the standout of those movies every single time. Robots. He was just I, the fact that he was one of the first voice actors to be able to do what he did as voice acting and then bring that onto screen as well. Just the same amount of energy because voice acting is hard. Like it's extremely yeah. hard. You can't just transfer that over. You see that in Hollywood all the time where they try to be like, oh, this person might be good at voice acting, like Childish Gambino, and <laughs> just not good at voice acting at all. Yeah. He was great in Hook. I know people don't like Hook. I, I don't like Hook. I like Hook. Uh, have you seen Fisher King? No. It's a good movie, too. Check that out. Have you seen Man of the Year? No. I've heard that one's really good, too. He's like a talk show host, like yeah. uh, they elect him president by accident. He's good in Insomnia. All right. He's good in everything. We yeah, get it. Robin Williams is fine. Good for you, Robin he's Williams. fine. He's amazing. Love Robin Williams. And right. uh, the third film is I Saw No Hard Feelings. Hey. It's okay. Yeah, it's funny. I was uh, pretty disappointed, actually. Oh, no. Didn't I think laugh out loud? Not at a single scene. Oh, no. It's weird. I, I was really thinking that I was going to connect with that film, and I didn't. Yeah. And it's okay. It's It came and went. I like Joyride a lot more, crazy enough. It's funny, because it's about two points in your life, and you're not at either of those points. <laughs> That's probably why. <laughs> so I'm just in the middle of... They, it, there's no denying the characters are handled very well, and the story between yeah, the two right of them. Yeah, you're right. Where it's not gross, what they did with it. I don't. Like it, I don't it, think it so. Fall, yeah, exactly. It, it toes the line, so. but it doesn't do never crosses anything. that line. I, I thought was, when I thought they were actually going to have sex, and then thankfully they didn't because he finished too early. I was just like, okay, if they had huh. that, then it would have crossed the line. I think. Okay, you like that scene because you relate to that one. Um, I'd like. <laughs> How dare you? I told you that in private. Uh, but do you agree that it's probably the best use of Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah, it's the most charismatic I've seen her. Yeah, they have great chemistry. The two of those, the, the two of them, they do. They were really, really good. He, I liked he the was kid very a lot. good. He was, he was very hilarious good. in that movie. I'm happy that he has a big uh, breakout role outside of Broadway to showcase his talents. Non Evan Hansen. Oh, yeah, that song. Such a funny song, like a clever way to use that song yeah. throughout that entire film. He's a man. It's like, I don't think that's the use. <laughs> I don't think that's what the song means. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was fine. I think every other actor outside of the main two weren't great. Thank like you. Like you were saying. I agree. They weren't very good. But it, it's completely watchable. Yeah. And uh, you're like, okay, when it's done. I think it'll do well on streaming. I do too. I just don't think it has any really like like hilarious scenes, which is what I was missing. It was just more like consistently. It's just funny. It. <laughs> it's funny. It's just like not laugh out loud. Yeah. And Joyride. I'm legitimately trying to remember. Uh, trying to remember what I laughed out the laughed out loud the most. At. Like the biggest, most like outside of Jennifer Lawrence beating up a bunch of kids while she was naked. Naked was the scenes of them on the car driving around town, which is probably like the most out there comedy scenes. 
But like, there's just like most of them are just kind of going by scene by scene, and just just like li- little chuckles here and there. But it's never like actual laugh out loud. Whereas Joyride starts slow, but has the middle is packed with just like stupid laugh out loud after stupid laugh out loud. And I just missed that with the film. So maybe I'm in the harsh minority of that. I think I gave it a three. Like it's it's not like I'm sitting here hating on the film. But uh, yeah, go watch the film. I'm sure everyone's going to like it. It's going to do very well on streaming once Netflix eventually gets its hands on it. Hell yeah. What are you going to fill in with your next uh, gap? My next blind spot? Um, I was thinking I haven't finished The Godfather Part 2. Don't know if I want that to be my next one, though, because they, they, they you have to be in such a mood to watch those movies, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, re- I really liked the first one, like, a lot, and, like, that was one of the big major ones that I tried to get through. And then I, I originally was going to watch all three in one day, and then I realized no. that was a horrible decision, and I fell asleep. I think Saving Private Ryan is going to be my next one. Yeah. That's I think, a big one you're missing. I think so, too. I think once I have that one, then it's less abrasive with how much I'm missing. No, you still shock me every day with something. Name another film. Um, Mad Max 2 Road Warrior. Okay, name me an actual next film that... Boys in the Hood. I haven't seen that. Exactly. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm slowly getting there. Saving Private Ryan, I think, is going to be my next one. That's the biggest Spielberg one I'm missing out on. Yeah. That's, so a, that's like the that biggest one. blockbuster. And it's Matt Damon. Continue my Matt Damon binge. Love me some Matt. What did you watch? Whoa, you just spoiled Saving Private Ryan, by the way. Did they save Private Ryan? No, you don't know who he is. And then Matt Damon pops up. You're like, what? It's Matt Damon. I th- everyone knows that, don't they? Well, yeah, because the movie's <laughs> old, man. It was a joke. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I only watched one thing. It's a 2014 comedy movie starring Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler called They Came Together. I saw the cast on that when you put your review out. That is a crazy cast. It's so funny, this random movie. Why have I never heard of this film? I'd never heard of any anything to do with this movie. Do you want to go through the cast quickly? Um... Um, sure. I'll, I'll tell you if you're gonna if you want to watch this movie here. I'll, t- oh, I'll are, say are they cameos? It. Part of the funniness is the fact that there's uh, random okay. people pop in and out. So don't spoil the big ones and give me like a couple. Uh, Paul Rudd, Amy Poehler, Bill Hader, Kobe Smulders, Ellie Kemper, such a good Marine cast. DeWolf, Jason Man- Mantzoukas, Michael Ian Black, Michaela Watkins, Randall Park, Christopher Maloney. Fiona Paris, Ed Helms, David Wayne, Jack McBriar, Keenan Thompson, Ken Marino. <laughs> like, John that's Rue. crazy. It goes on and on and on. Like, so many more people pop up. What's it about? Uh, so it takes everybody who's been in these weird rom-com movies, and it just makes fun of them all. It's about Amy Poehler and Paul Rudd, and they're at the dinner with Bill Hader, and they're telling them the story of how they met, and then... It's literally just a parody of all of the other rom-com movies, but it does it oh, no so way. stupidly. Like, it's just really, really fun. I was laughing so hard at this because I was just, what the hell is this? Who decided to make this movie? Uh, it, it's just making fun of everything. Like, it makes fun of all of the movies that all of them have ever been in. It's just a rom-com, but exactly... It, it's literally like if you AI roboted a rom-com and then just gave all of these actors free will to do whatever they wanted with this generic uh, script. It's really, really funny. Got good reviews. I don't know what, how I've never heard of this movie and it had everybody in it. It was hilarious. It didn't come out in theaters, that's why. It like barely came, It was like simultaneously released in theaters and on iTunes. It made $82,000 at the box office. <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. And it debuted at Sundance. For a film at Sundance and had no with that cast that big and had no fanfare, it's hilarious. I'm I was super shocked. I love Amy Poehler. She's really funny. She is really. Fun. I miss I miss Amy Poehler. She has not really been and her and Tina Fey haven't really done much recently together. I'm over Tina Fey. Okay, then I miss Amy Poehler. I like Amy Poehler. You're not a Tina Fey person. Tina Fey's comedy is just weird racism. It's not funny. It's literally just something racist. That's the joke. Tina Fey's like a bad person. <laughs> I don't like Tina Fey. Okay, fair enough. I was gonna end up that one more. <laughs> I think it's just racist. 
She's uh oh, she's gonna be in the Mean Girls the musical, of course. Watch the watch me. Have you seen Mean Girls? That'd be a big play. Yeah. That has a lot of racism oh, yeah, and yeah. homophobias. Yeah, it does not age well. No. No. Nothing she does. I feel like age as well. Maybe thirty rock. She's in soul. She's the soul. <laughs> no. Uh yeah, that's the only thing I watched. Anyway, well, you should watch that. That's that movie was hilarious. Yeah. Maybe laugh. Add that to my list. All right. Let's go through quick things that are coming out quickly. We went through movies, so there's nothing else coming out this weekend except for the Blue Beetles and the Stray. If you want to go watch some Stray. Strays. Uh, as for TV that's coming out this weekend, let's have a quick little look here and see. Oh, would you look at that? Nothing. We have told you everything that has come out. <laughs> there's no TV coming out until Tuesday which is Ahsoka, and that is the newest in the Mando universe of Disney Plus, Star Wars. And that's about wraps up everything there. I think that's a good spot to send a, send everyone home happy. Thanks for jumping in with us through a little uh, what we watched over this past week and our review of Blue Beetle. Uh, I don't know if that made you guys want to go to the theaters or not, but... Uh I don't know about it. It was fine. It was fine. Maybe wait till streaming. That's that's probably my biggest takeaway from that one. Anyway, uh, we will be back next week on a Monday and Friday, as always. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Make sure to check out our letterbox, Piclo, P-I-C-L-O, uh, Gax Reviews. I spelled that on wrong. There. I did. It's, it's my own thing. Uh, be sure to follow us on X and all of our social media. Subscribe to this podcast. Rate this podcast. Share this podcast. Follow me on Twitter. This Cinemates but it's and TikTok now, and bro. YouTube. You know, yes, you're forgetting like, all the media. Help us out on TikTok, by the way. Uh, people are bashing me. No, don't help him out. He doesn't deserve it. Please. No. Anyhow. <laughs> See you guys next week. This is Shit of H. Bye-bye.